I'll call the regular town council meeting April 11th to order at 5 p.m. We have the agenda in front of us. Are there any additions, deletions to the agenda? Madam Madam Administration, Your Worship. Great. And would someone like to move the adoption of the agenda? Mr. Good, thank you. All those in favor? Aye. Great. Okay, we have the minutes of March 27th, our regular council meeting in front of us. You've had a chance to review those. Are there any um, edits? Would someone care to move the acceptance of those minutes? Move as presented. Okay, thank you. Uh, our Deputy Mayor Ford moves. All those in favor? Aye. It is carried. Okay, then we are public hearings. We don't seem to have any. And now we're at presentations. So we've got um, one for the Resource Center for Suicide <coughs> Prevention in the North Peace region. And we have a presenter in front of us. So if you just say your name into the record and then start as you wish. My name is Casey Sonata. And I wanna thank you for having me here today. Um, I've been doing a few of these presentations because it's important to me that all of the areas of the North Peace region are covered and aware of what's happening. So I'll just start with a little bit about me. Um, way back to the beginning where this all started, uh, I lost my daughter Morgan in December of 2012 to suicide. Um, I was living in Grand Prairie at the time and I moved back with family and the first thing that I noticed was um, there was no support for a bereaved parent here. So that was the first challenge. I spent a lot of hours driving to Grand Prairie, um, waiting on wait lists for months and months for any kind of help. Um, and with the weather and our roads, you can imagine how fun that was all winter. So after experiencing that, um, there's no easy way to put this, but the first couple of years after my daughter passed away were um, difficult to say the least. I can't even begin to explain what that was like. Um, through it all, I fell into a deep depression and I ended up in the hospital on suicide watch for a month. I was transported back and forth from Peace River to Grand Prairie to see psychiatrists and psychologists and med changes and the whole nine yards. Um, and it wasn't a fun time in my life. I'm very thankful that I got through it with the love of help and love and help of family and friends. Um, so as I began to heal, I really wanted to do something to make a difference in our area in the field of mental health and suicide. So my family and I started a foundation called Always Find a Reason to Smile. Um, it was a tattoo that my daughter had on her foot, so that's where the name came from. And what we did, what our mission was, to, was to um, bring awareness to our area and try and come up with some ways to prevent suicide rather than um, pick up the pieces after. So in 2014, we started the organization, and in 2019, it grew into a registered nonprofit. We've done a lot of school presentations, presentations to the nursing staff up at the college. We do an awareness walk, we do luncheons in the schools. Um, you probably all have heard of the Smile Cookie campaign, which the funds have been coming to us for a few years, and 
that's actually starting again on May 1st, so hopefully you all buy your cookies. Um, I also joined the Parent Advisory board, board for Alberta Mental Health and Addictions, and I've been sitting on that board for four years. So I've kind of jumped right in, not by choice, but I'm very grateful that I have because the need for support in our area is huge. Um, so last year I started to really give some thought to how we could go forward with Always Find a Reason to Smile and actually have something concrete to help people. And I approached the Resource Center in Grand Prairie, the Resource Center for Suicide Prevention, and I told them what we've been up to and what we need. And instead of always find a reason to smile, trying to reinvent the wheel and start from nothing, it just seemed like a perfect fit to be a part of this already established programming and presentations. It just made sense. So we spoke to them about starting a satellite office here in the Peace Region, north of the Peace and they were very much on board. They had been thinking of it for many years, but they didn't have anyone here with a passion to spearhead it. So um, in comes me, I guess. <laughs> uh, so we have, we have an office space in Grimshaw, which the town of Grimshaw has donated to us, which is huge. We're very grateful for that. Um, and the reason that we went ahead with the Grimshaw location is that it's central for everybody because we were going to be seeing people from Worsley, Hines Creek, Nampa, Manning, so that was just kind of a general central spot. Um, we're in the process right now of painting and fixing up the, the office so that we can make it work for what we need, and our estimated open time is May 1st, and we're really excited about that. So I just wanted to give you a little um, rundown on the Resource Center for Suicide Prevention. It began in 1982 in Grand Prairie under the PACE program, and some of you might remember the PACE program. In 2006, it became a registered nonprofit with one employee, and in 2020, the name changed to the Resource Center for Suicide Prevention from, it used to be called the Suicide Prevention Resource Center, and basically they changed the name to focus more on the Resource Center part of it. Um, so people actually know they have somewhere to go. So today, uh, we have nine employees in Grand Prairie and now me here. So it's a slow growth, but um, the office is extremely successful. And I'm going to give you kind of a rundown of the programs that they offer in Grand Prairie and the use that is there. Um, but before I do that, I just wanted to throw in a couple of statistics. And I'm sure this isn't going to surprise anyone, but Every year, more Albertans die by suicide than motor vehicle accidents, approximately 12 Canadians per day. Um, three out of four suicide deaths are male, and 45% of that are between the ages of 40 and 64. So um, we definitely have a huge population in that range. Um, and of course, it's five to six times higher for Indigenous youth, which we also have a high community of Indigenous people in our area that we have to look out for as well. Um, so some of the programming that we do out of Grand Prairie are, the first one is Community Helpers, and you may be familiar with that one up here as well. I know that they started last year, I think, implementing it in Peace River School Division. 
I actually did a couple of um, modules with them in the schools, so that's on our radar here as well. I've got a meeting with Peace River School Division so we can continue that and get that um, program into the schools. We also run two youth groups every week in Grand Prairie. One is geared at grades four to six and the other geared at grades seven to 12. Um, basically, it's providing a safe space for kids um, who don't have the support of a caregiver or parent at home who struggle with bullying, who struggle, struggle with confidence. Um, these youth groups are always full. Um, there, there's about 20 <coughs> kids in each every week, which is a lot. Um, we've had to grow our, our space to house those youth groups because of the need. Uh, the next thing that I wanted to tell you about was our Connect system, which is um, our education system and workshops for suicide awareness, uh, trauma, and grief. Um, in the handout that I gave you, you can see all of the different workshops that we offer, and they're all online, they're all free, um, and they're very informative and, and very good um, info for everybody to have. Does anybody out here have mental health first aid? Mark, you probably oh, yeah, do. I do. Yeah? Nice. It's good to see a few people having that in work workspaces and whatnot so that we can make sure that if somebody is in trauma, there's somebody close by that can help. Um, we also offer the ASSIST training, which is um, a certified Canada-wide program. Um, we have our own trainers, which helps a lot so that if we are offering ASSIST courses or training in any of our areas, we don't have to wait on um, instructors that are just freelance, we have our own. So that's, it's really important and it's really proven to be good for us. We run a lot of the courses in Grand Prairie quite often and I'm suspecting we will here as well. Um, it is a two day training, but if your staff or your public works or whatever you would like, would like to have that, we will come in house and offer it for you. The next programs we have and one that I would love to see expand here are the men's programs we have. We have a men's talk and a men's shed. Basically the first one is a space for men to just get together, have a coffee, chat. Um, it is proven that men have a harder time sharing their feelings and their emotions and talking about them, so we think it's important that we give them an opportunity to be in an atmosphere that they can open up. And the other one is called men's shed, and what we do with that <coughs> one is we try to either do woodworking or um, iron work, something that men can get involved in where they don't feel like they're face-to-face -face talking, but yet they still can chat while they're working. And both of these have, have grown immensely in the last two years through COVID. So um, they're really important. And I think in our area, it's, it's a really important um, program that we get started as well. The next one is our Tough Enough to Talk About It program. This was started in 1999 as Men at Risk. Uh, basically what it is is a 90 minute presentation uh, geared at the forestry, agriculture and oil field industries. So when it started it was basically geared toward men, but with all the women that are now in all of those industries, and we, we have opened it up and, and uh, modified it to include women in there. And this is one of my actual favorite um, programs that we offer. It's very informative. It's, um, 
really makes you open your eyes to being more aware of what's going on around you and being more aware of sharing your feelings and reaching out for help, um, even if it's just in the smallest way. So that one is kind of one that we are really booking up for in our areas because of course we encompass all of those industries. So, so that will be one that's offered a lot and that is also one that we would come in and do for your council, your town staff, your public works, etc. The next one is suicide bereavement, which is really important. Um, it's an eight-week program, and uh, the bereavement process for suicide, from my experience, is very different than a, a regular bereavement. So how we um, present our, our information and how we get together as a group and almost becoming family after it's a very tight-knit group and it's very important along a suicide bereavement recovery. Um, like I said, I can't even describe to you um, some of the feelings and, and what goes on inside your head and with guilt and um, all of that. So it's a very, very important program and Always Find a Reason to Smile is gonna continue to fund that one for the Resource Center and I will continue to run it. So we will be starting that one, I believe it's the second week in May. And the final one, um, this is also starting right away in May. Um, it's called Skills for Safer Living. Uh, it's a program uh, that was um, founded in Saskatoon and the Suicide Resource Center in Calgary has kind of put it together for us and they're fully funding it for us as well, which is wonderful. Um, so basically what it is, is we have two groups that run concurrently, one for the parent or caregiver, as some kids don't have a parent, and the other one is for the kids themselves that are suffering with depression or suicidal thoughts. So it's, a, it's an intense four-week program um, where we work with the parents to teach them how to better deal with their child, how to understand some of the feelings and um, tendencies that the child is feeling while at the same time we work with the kids themselves to try to give them tools to de-escalate themselves, um, we write safe plans with them, we build relationships with them. So it's a very intense group and it's, we've actually got two social workers, one with each group and one peer worker with each group. So we're really excited for that one. Um, just in the Fairview area, I already got their list. I don't have the list from other town, towns yet, but we have eight children on that list already, and that scares me. Um, and these are junior high and under. It isn't even including high school kids. So, I mean, if that doesn't give you goosebumps and, and show you that we need help, I don't, don't know what will. So that one is definitely one that's starting right away. So that's a quick rundown of our programs, and that isn't gonna be all. We're still looking at new ideas, um, things that might work better here for us than they do in Grand Prairie, and we're always open to suggestions or um, comments or anything we can do. Um, I realize that there probably is some overlap with some of the initiatives started in the area, and I'm hoping that either you guys can give me a name and a list or have them reach out to me, and I'm sure working together we can do an even better job than, than struggling on our own. So um, 
I don't I definitely am not here to step on anybody's toes I want to work with whoever I can work with I just am very passionate and I know that this is needed so this first step of getting a, a place to call home is um, under our belt and now we can go to work well thank you um, yes the suicide is well unfortunately touches everybody it does yes it? Um, counselors first opportunity questions mr. Boychuk I wish you the greatest success Casey because it's a definitely a well-needed service and uh, we will be talking and connecting Absolutely. Anyone else? Uh, Councillor Shannon? Any questions, comments? Uh, no, I don't have any questions. Good presentation. Well, thank you. Thank you. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And you all have my cards now, so if professionally, personally, you need a hand with something you have questions please don't hesitate to call me great well thank you and it's good to see that you've got a, a home spot now and can go on to the next phase of things so thank you and um, uh, good luck to in reaching out to other organizations because I know I've seen some of the uh, topics of these presentations in other places right. sort of things so it, it's good that there's People coming out things in many different from many different uh, perspectives. Absolutely. Now we just got to get the presentations out there and have mm -hmm. people attend them. Because yes. The more education we can provide, the better that we're mm -hmm. going to make out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck and thank, thank you, you again as well. You're welcome. Okay. Okay. Our next. Uh, uh, topic bylaws we don't have any unfinished business funny we never have any unfinished business that's the way it is new business um, first of all the joint planning agreement between the town of Peace River and our uh, three I guess school divisions that are involved Ms. Modi and yeah Ms. Modi good evening everyone so I am here to present a briefing note just to make council aware of a process that the town has begun with the school divisions. Um, so this is prompted by an update to the Municipal Government Act that did happen a number of years ago that requires all school boards and municipalities to enter into agreements together to address common issues. Uh, the Legislation requires that the town and the, or, and the school divisions have both a joint use agreement and a joint planning agreement. Uh, typically, that would be one agreement, but it can be two, depending on which uh, jurisdiction you look to for some precedent. Uh, the town currently has a joint use agreement and has had that joint use agreement with uh, the school divisions since 2003, but we did not, we don't check the box today for the joint planning agreement, which deals more specifically with planning related matters and how the town has a responsibility under the MGA to uh, take school reserve as a part of our subdivision process. So it just is intended to provide clarity around our role and the school's roles in that process. Um, there was a deadline for this process to be completed by June 10th, 2023, uh, a, few week, or a few days ago. I think it's still days, single digits, maybe. Maybe we just entered into double digits. Uh, the minister 
released a, an amendment to that and they've extended the deadline to June 10th, 2025. So we had initiated this process um, in February with the school divisions and had agreed at that time that we were gonna work on the joint planning agreement since we don't have the ability to check that box right now. Um, but now that we have the extension, we are taking a slightly more generous timeline approach. Uh, so we are scheduling another meeting with the school divisions, hoping for May, uh, to go over a draft version of the document. So we have started the process by agreeing with the schools that we were going to use um, a template that was developed by Parkland uh, Community Planning Services, which is an intermunicipal services agency, much like the MMSA is up north. Um, and that guide that they created was funded by the province and was available to all municipalities as a starting point. So we did use that as a starting point. We've reviewed it and we are now in the process of, we reviewed it as a group and now we're in the process of each taking some more time to look at the agreement more deeply. Uh, the town has circulated it to our legal department who is giving us some recommended changes. Um, and once we bring the document back, the group will finalize that document and then we'll bring it forward to each, to the council as well as each school division for a chance to take a look at the draft document once everybody is comfortable with the, the final version, then we'll be bringing the document back to each board and council for approval before we enter into it. Uh, so it's, the timeline has shifted a little bit on us, but in a, a way that raises or lowers the blood pressure a little bit. So we're, we're quite happy to accept the extension. Um, so I can take any questions that you might have, but otherwise we just wanted to be sure the council was aware of this or this uh, process that we're entering into. Um, I should say that the committee that's working on it is made up of representatives from administration and the board or council of all the parties involved. So Mayor Manzer has been sitting in on that and when she's not available, Councilor Carr has also been at the table on council's behalf. So basically, if we get major development, uh, we have to have a plan in place for school reserves because of that development and so forth. That's, that's the planning portion of it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so any questions, comments? Carry on, then I guess, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I need a motion for that. Uh, we can wait till the end maybe, or would you? Uh, I was just reading the recommended one. Yeah, so. let's go with the recommended then, okay. Councillor Scamahorn. I'll move that council accept the briefing note regarding joint planning agreements for information. Thank you, all those in favor of that motion? Aye. Thank you. And Councillor Shannon, if you just want to wave your hand, uh, approval, that's good too. Whatever works for you. Okay, the next one, uh, we have a briefing note on um, the Peace Regional Air Show in-kind event funding. And speaking to this is Mr. McBurch. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, Peace Regional Air Show Association uh, reached out to us requesting an in-kind donation of the fire department services for their air show um, scheduled to take place the 22nd and 23rd. Um, the 21st is the, the day that they're going to be doing their kind of practice drill and everything. So it will be three days of our, our time. Um, in their request, uh, they highlight that the event's known for bringing visitors from out of town and helps boost the regional economy. Um, 
initially they requested it through our grants to order grants to organizations policy um, but it doesn't actually fall under the criteria of that because there's no direct monetary ask um, administration values the in-kind contribution at approximately fifteen thousand dollars uh, this value is representative of the amount we would charge based on the prevailing rates um, to support an event like this if we were going to uh, sell those services. Um, inclusive in that amount is an out-of-pocket cost for the town, um, which is our staffing costs of approximately $5,000. <coughs> um, through consultation with our fire chief, Tim Harris, administration is confident that the town can accommodate the request. And uh, as there's no direct monetary ask, administration is approving the request. Um, the request letter is attached for council's reference. Um, are any questions? So in respect of no monetary ask, there really is because the in-kind part is significant. So does the town get recognition for that in-kind portion as some level of, uh, I don't know, sponsorship or whatever, it's, whatever it might be called? Thank you, Mayor. I do believe they have some, um, some type of tiered system or some recognition. but. Um, in the past, they've, they've also recognized us through their, their advertising and things like that. So that would be part of what we would expect then for sure this round. Because the 15000 is rather significant and another 5000 so that brings it to 20000 which if you think about it, grants to groups is only 35000 so it's, it is significant. And I know we've done it in the past. It is a, a good event for the town and the region. And the weekend following that, I think, is jet boat races, so we're going to be inundated with all of these things, apparently. Just to clarify, Madam Mayor, mm -hmm. the $5,000, um, that's inclusive, like the $15,000 includes the- it Includes the 5000 Yeah. So again, that's like that, that's valuing the equipment and, and those types of things. That's how we get to that $15,000 okay. number. So 15000 total then, which I was misreading. Thank you. Um, Councillors, do you have any questions for Mr. Mumford? Um, yes, Mr. Boychuk. Uh What type of equipment are we going to be taking out there, and what's the priority going to be if it's needed off-site? How's that going to work out? Uh, so I did have a list. Um, I don't have it in front of me uh, right now, but I can I can undertake to get that information for you. Um, in talking with uh, the fire chief about this, if there was a circumstance, so he, he said that we have the, the staff and the resources um, to be able to to accommodate this event and also be able to respond regularly. In the event that there was a circumstance that arose that required that extra level of response, then we would of course prioritize that. And in that sort of circumstance, they need to put their event on, on hold. Thank you. Any further questions? Councillor Shannon, any question? I couldn't hear some of his, um, uh, when he was speaking there, it broke up a bit, but I can hear, hear it now. No, I, I don't uh, right now. Thank you. Thank you. Any other councillors? Councillor Deputy Mayor Ford? Just to help with uh, Councillor Boychuk's uh, question, and we also have the uh, the agreements between our surrounding municipalities where they'll come on to standby for us um, in certain situations as well. So the response is there. Okay, perhaps someone would um, like to put forth a motion. Councillor Good? 
I'll move the council accept the briefing note regarding the Peace Regional Air Show and kind event donation for information. Thank you. Any further discussion? All those in favor? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it is passed. Okay, the next item is the um, April 19th uh, minister meeting and um, uh, CAO Miller will lead us through this discussion maybe. Sure, thank you, Your Worship. This is actually just opening up the conversation um, for Council to follow up. Um, as you're aware, when uh, Councillor Shannon and myself had opportunity to meet with um, Minister of Municipal Affairs when we were at the AM Municipal Leaders Caucus and following that um, very good conversation, um, we were invited to have a meeting, Council was invited to have a meeting with the four ministers that are listed there. So again, Minister um, Schultz, Minister Jean, uh, Minister of Jobs and Economy, Minister Mike Ellis, and Minister Nicholas Milliken. So it's just actually to confirm what we want to talk about. Okay, so um, one of the topics that is indicated in the briefing note uh, was uh, a thought about rural access to support for addictions, homelessness, and mental health. Um, somebody want to expand on those and suggest others? We've got half an hour with these four ministers that so we're going to have to be uh, polite but pushy, I would say. So, uh, yes? Well, thank you, Your Worship. Being that I'm seeing the public or the Minister for Public Safety and Emergency Services, can we have the uh, uh, more conversation with them as far as our correctional center releasing uh, releasing inmates into into our area without instead of transporting them back to their their home area? Okay, and I would add staffing at the correctional center to that topic. So I, I guess we'll give out topics right now and admin and counselors can have whatever input they want into um, the discussion because we're going to have to have some briefing notes, I would say, that may be handed to the ministers if we don't get to talk it all through. Um, other topics? Mr. Boychuk, do you want to? Oh, sorry. Councillor Shannon, you want to add in? Um, I, I think, in my opinion, I would think that we should probably stick to the to those uh, the topic or the theme of, of uh, the conversation, and and leave it to the health and wellness and and or health and wellness health um, the topic suggested here. Like I wouldn't want to uh, dilute it with um, topics of another theme. You know what I mean? Or I sort of do, but like with the homelessness, uh, part of that conversation does um, have an overlap with um, people being released from the jail and where they land to be homeless. Oh, so like some, something I like that a, is in, okay in, in your mind? Conversation about that. Yeah. I'm more or less talking about, um, sorry, I can't, everything's breaking up here. Can you hear me all right? Um, most of the time, once in a while, we miss a word, but most of the time we're good. <coughs> okay, what I meant was more or less like um, leaving it to those types of conversations the and not like bringing in an ask for infrastructure or something like that or something else that didn't have anything to do with it. Just 
kind of putting it out there just to, yeah. wanted to keep it to a theme okay i understand now what you're saying councillor good i would support that position i think if we're going to go in on something like this you want to keep the focus on it so what i'm hearing is around i'm going to call it social initiatives concerns support yeah okay so um councillor uh Scamalorm, do you have any you'd like to add or it'd probably be a good idea to uh include in the discussion just how the hospital is being overwhelmed with um well they're, they're the catch-all i guess i suppose in the end this is this is where people are ending up for even a, even a meal if they can't you know if, if certain people can't come <coughs> to town and, and it came up during our taxi pass discussion the amount of passes that the hospital is is, is handing out and, and a friend of mine does work there and i was uh, we were having some conversation about it and i said you know i was i was teasing her i said like well you, you hand out so many of these things whatever but we, understanding that we were you know we were both kind of getting around this idea that what other choice do they have you know when when they end up uh, being inundated with with people at the hospital for needs other than essentially other than medical needs um, so it it's just really over leveraging our our CMP um, our healthcare professionals in town as well so there's there's more impact than just you know kind of down here in the in you know sort of in the downtown where we kind of can see some of the some of what's going on um, but yeah really really taxing some of those other services that uh, that that are greatly needed at times okay so I think it can work in the issue of uh, RCMP transferring um, people to Grand Prairie to mental health um, programs that may or may not be accepting them once they get there because of room or not room but you know our RCMP uh, we're part of an area where we have the pilot program with one uh, psychiatric nurse assigned to travel with um, officers at times but the area is so big so I think we could give them a okay saying that's good but we need more of that you know like it's a an actual strategy well you, you're trying it and it seems to be helpful so let's do more sort of thing it kind of bugs me lately that Calgary and Edmonton I realize they're bigger than us etc etc but it's all relative um, they're getting help with uh, some of their uh, downtown uh, issues with homelessness um, mental health issues and so on but I haven't heard too much about small towns like us in that strategy so keep that in mind I'm thinking but anything else that kind of adds to the discussion or that could be brought into the discussion about social um, mental health homelessness addictions kind of topics I would uh, I would just list them out and, and kind of have a brief explanation on how the jail you know the hospital all that things and then uh, what it's costing our community and the problems it's costing and then the solutions that we're gonna offer the mobile outreach team Maybe an act team, more track members, you know, community buy-in on on, on uh, that. But uh, I really think that you know that outreach team has the potential to turn this community around almost instantly, and we just need the funding for it. So, you know, if we focus on solutions that will go there and then move people out of homelessness, because we're just chasing our tail, and it's just 
that's all we've been doing is just chasing our tail. We got to, like my presentation is going to say, we got to move past a warm bowl of soup and a sleeping bag because that's all we've been doing. So until we get the process in place to move people past, we're just going to keep responding and responding and responding at 10 times the cost of what it would be to deal with it. Do you want to talk a little bit for the Zoomland audience out there as to what it, what you mean by that outreach program? Okay, well, just, uh, you know, way back uh, when I went to look at Rotary House and I seen what a shelter brought to a community, I thought there's no way in the world do I want that in my community. You're and talking about Grand Prairie. Grand Prairie. And, and I'm talking about the West Shelter side. And so then after I, I met the outreach workers there, they convinced me of actually how many people they're getting from that wild shelter. And and if you take the hardest, most chronic homeless people, put them in a program, 85% of them will stay housed and recover. So, you know, right now we have 100% of our people just rolling through the system. So, you know, these outreach guys, they're gonna, they're gonna build the relationships with the business community instead of RCMP taking calls. They will be an outreach team that will take calls, so they'll deal with the vagrancy, the, the, the you know the minor the minor uh, loitering and stuff like that. Uh, they'll do needle refuge and clean up. They'll meet the people on the streets and and help them with move them into programs. Uh, deal with a lot of the social issues that they're dealing with with opening bank accounts and all this kind of stuff, and uh, just work them in through the housing. So we just need you know, to start to get these people into a housing agency, which we also don't have. So, you know, we can't just, uh, but at least this outreach team will be uh, out there in Grand Prairie in one quarter. They, they took 2,500 calls away from the RCMP. They greatly reduced the amount of uh, ambulance calls to the, to the hospital, and they'll be able to deal with a lot of these prisoners as they come out and get them back to where they belong and where they want to be. I, I just think it's a, it's running really successful in Grand Prairie, and, and it literally could just move right over here, and we can hybrid it and, and and just make it work in our in our downtown. So, um, what I'm also hearing you say is that there are some possible solutions that seem to be working in other places, and we should include those examples within our uh, briefing documents. Okay, any any others that people would like to add? Councillor Shannon, I um I think we should be bold and and Mark was telling me shared with me that or Councillor Boychuk sorry um that the Grand Prairie one began as a pilot project and I say that we lay out all the facts the cost all that um, I've seen what what all Mark has some really Councillor Boychuk has some really good information and I say we ask for um, a similar pilot project to be considered for Peace River. I think that's the main question that should should be left on their table when we leave. Yeah, sounds sounds good. I'm here. I'm seeing nods around the table here too. Thank you. Um, anything further? Okay, then would someone like to uh, move or propose a motion on this topic? We've got one suggestion. Anything else to be added to it? I'll make the motion. Okay. If someone sure. <laughs> Please go ahead. Any <coughs> changes to the motion that's on the table then, or were you just using well, that Well, the discussion yeah. points, we might list them, I think. So, uh, Councillor Boychuk, you look like you have a... Yeah, I'd just like to make sure we send each one of these 
ministers away with the task, you know, so we should say, Minister Schultz, we'd like this, and Jean, and whatever, mm -hmm. if we can. Okay, so how about the motion be that council proceed with the topic of access to support for addictions, homelessness, and mental health, and provide um, possible solutions to each, uh, or to, to those topics with uh, direct expectations of ministers' uh, departments. Somebody want to rephrase any of that? Okay, who would like to move that motion then? Councillor Shannon. Councillor Shannon, oh, sorry, you, you moved that motion? Um, sure, I can move that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Ms. Parsons, you've got it. Good. Okay, all those in favor of that motion? Well, thank you, and uh, thank you, Councillor Shannon and um, CAO Miller, for the initial meeting with some of the ministers that's leading to this. So, a good step forward in our advocacy for uh, what we need in our community. Thank you. Okay, next section we have reports, community services, uh, board meeting minutes. Councillor Carr attended but isn't here right now. Any comments from anybody on that? Seeing none, next one, um, oops, that's I'll it. I'll move that report be accepted. Okay, Councillor Good moves I'll report. I'll move that the council accept report uh, 9.1 for information. Thank you, all those in favor? Great, thank you. Now we have information items, the first one being uh, Alberta Community Crime Prevention Association uh, conference posters, quite detailed here. Um, Councillor Ford, do you want to speak to this? Sure, this is the, uh, the annual Alberta Community Crime Prevention Association uh, conference that, uh, that's put on annually by our provincial group and uh, I'm just hoping that I can attend uh, again this year on behalf of the town. I will be also the MC at the event. Okay, so I guess we would like a motion to enable Deputy Mayor Ford to attend the 2023 AACCPA conference. Who would so move that? Uh, Councillor Scammerhorn moves that. All those in favor? Okay, it is carried. Next one, we have um, Mercer Peace River with a wood room uh, ribbon cutting ceremony invitation. It's on April 20th. And I've indicated that I would like to attend this. Um, I suggested maybe Councillor um, Scamahorn, but it's. I think I can pull this one off. You can maybe attend during <coughs> April 20th. Um, a good, I think it's a good thing for us to attend. Our Mercer is a big employer in Peace River, and this is a, an initiative that the company has spelled, or spent mega dollars on, um, which has brought uh, some economic uh, resources into our town as well. But we would need a motion to enable us to go. Deputy Mayor? Yes, I'd put a motion on the floor of your worship uh, to enable the Mayor and Councillor Scammerhorn to attend the Mercer's Peace River's Woodroom Ribbon Cutting Ceremony. Okay, thank you. Any further discussion? All those in favor? Uh, it's 
carried. Next one we have um, the Peace Energy Cooperative Public Engagement Open House, which is a proposed solar farm um, near the airport. This is, um, I don't know, the, the, the poster says development permit application. So I'm not sure if it's an open house or exactly what it is, but anybody would want to attend this one? I wouldn't mind going just to see. But. Why don't we just enable council to go to this? See who can. And then whoever can go can go. Okay. You, you I'll, move, I'll move that council uh, be enabled to attend. Okay. Uh, is that enough? Should I say the whole thing? The public engagement open house? Sounds good for the solar farm. For the solar farm. Okay, so Councillor Scamahorn has made a motion. Any discussion? Um, Sir? Sorry. Yeah, carry on. All those in favor? Opposed? Okay, it is carried with majority. Number four, Peace Regional Healthcare Attraction Retention Committee Community Profile. The reason I would uh, like Council to have reviewed this is for them to look at uh, Peace River in particular, but uh, maybe the region in general. Is there anything that seems to be missing here? And the one thing I saw in Peace River that I thought maybe is now missing is the Art Hub. Now, this is um, a document that is used by RPAP to um, give out to medical people to say, this is what our region offers or can offer to you. So is there anything that anybody else sees that maybe should be added? We might want to take off mint drugs. Okay, take off mint drugs over on this other side. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, there's a note under the hidden gem item there about it, the hosting Peace Fest in the events park. I don't know that that's going to be a thing in the near future. Okay. I, from what I understand, the event's still going on, whether it's whether yeah, it's just not like a concert series no, anymore. I understood. I'm just, it's just, yeah. it's specific to the park is what in the, in the form. Yeah. So okay. I suggest they, they do that. Under MD of Peace, I thought maybe they should add in Strong Creek Park in there. Odyssey Creek, that's my favorite park. What's it called? Strong Creek. Any, um, Any, um, Bubble Park. What's that? Add the Bubble Park in NSC. I mean, I don't know what the real name of it is, but. Cecil, they've got Cecil Thompson there, and they do mention the giant bouncy pillows. Okay, so good. It gets a it gets a shout out. As it should. Okay, I've got enough to go on to suggest those changes. I don't know if we need a motion because it's just our review. I can get by with that. Um, okay, the next one is one of these um, regular letters from AHS, which is. Um, to community stakeholders from Trisha Town, Director of Clinical Services, Area 2, AHS Zone, North Zone. Um, since June of last year, we've had 10 or 11 acute beds closed in Peace River Hospital, and they're telling us now that it's likely to end up being June 30th, 2023, before there's maybe even any hope of opening them. The uh, reasons given are staffing levels, usually. So. I'm wondering if it's time for the town to write a letter to the Minister of Health saying this is not acceptable and um, 
maybe we can find out a little more about the consequences of this because I'm thinking there could be consequences okay you don't have a nursing staff to operate it but does that mean doctors have fewer beds that they can put patients in does it affect emergency room because our people who might go into an acute bed stuck in the emergency room for a while which then has consequences there as well like I'm not positively sure of some of these things but I don't think it's right that we're heading down this direction. Councillor Boychuk? I would uh, definitely support that and the fact that we have people sometimes staying in an emergency over three days and the lack of ambulance service that we're, the limited amount of ambulance service that we're having available in our area as well. So it's a growing concern for sure how much the one ambulance we have 80% of the time is tied up. Would you be prepared to put forth a motion of some sort with an indication of what should be in the letter? I would uh, propose that we raise concerns on the lack of um, beds overflowing into our emergency room and it being used as acute and the lack of ambulance care and service that we may have. But I would have to confirm that, that, uh, that we have in our area that is affecting the health care of many of our patients, even those that need transported to uh, other facilities after surgery, there, that, that's, there's a backlog on that as well. But Shelley's rating was ways in her hand here. Sorry, Councillor Councillor Shannon? I, I was just going to suggest that maybe we um, contact uh, the minister and ask if uh, there can be a Minister of Health representative there, if not uh, Minister Copping, then someone from his office be at the meeting that we're having on the on the 19th or whenever that was. Yep, the 19th. If we could get some room from there, then we could uh, address it at that at that time as well. Okay. Okay. So first thing, um, a motion to uh, write a letter with respect to acute care bed closures at Peace River and um, the. Um, lack of ambulances which we will confirm uh, our facts and raise concerns about uh, overflow of beds into emergency from acute or not into acute words to that effect which Ms. Parsons has in a nice motion <laughs> okay who would make that motion Councillor Boychuk maybe is making a motion he knows what it is <laughs> Councillor Ms. Parsons, what do you have written down for that motion? I, I would actually propose to meet with some the hospital staff so we can find out from their view what their understanding of the issues are and and raise our concerns with them and I, because before we write the letter. Yeah, lots of times you know I'm hearing it from very viable sources, but I'd hate to speak on behalf of the hospital yeah. if it was something else for sure. So. Okay, so maybe a motion to write the letter, the understanding being that we're going to get our facts straight for that letter. Yeah. So, uh, Ms. Parsons, what, what would you have written for that motion? Oh boy. <laughs> um, that council um, direct administration to draft a letter regarding the closure of acute care beds, lack of ambulances, and overflow um, a acute, into, acute emergency. into emergency, thank you, um, all based on conversations with local 
hospital administration. Maybe stop, stop before that. We're going to write the letter with at least the acute beds, and we're going to have our facts straight as to what so we this. Just, we won't include that part. We'll just yes. know we're going to do yeah. that. Okay. So that council uh, have uh, direct administration to draft a letter to um, the Minister of Health regarding acute care bed closures, lack of ambulances in the region, and overflow of acute care beds into emergency. Okay, so that's motion one. All those in agreement? Okay, it is carried. Motion two, uh, Councillor Shannon uh, maybe moves that um, we contact, request. Uh, we request uh, someone from the a representative. A representative from the Department of Health um, to attend the April 19th um, Zoom meeting at 8.30 in the morning. Does that fill it out? Yeah. Sounds good. Okay, well, thank you. Um, all those in favor of that second motion? It is carried, thank you. Yes. If I may. Um, I would also suggest that if administration is reaching out to Alberta Health as far as the ambulance uh, data is concerned, I'd also check with uh, Chief Harris because in our level of our level of service policy, our fire department will respond to a medical call if it's like breathing stops and or if uh, an ambulance cannot be at the call for 15 minutes or greater. So Chief Harris should have stats on how many times they respond to uh, to uh, those ambulance calls as well. So that'll be what we know in the background to confirm. Well, sounds good. Okay, next item, number six, the April 3rd, 2023 Draft Governance and Priorities Committee meeting minutes. So maybe someone would move that they be accepted for information. Who has a, a counselor? Good. So moves, all those in favor? It is carried, thank you. Uh, CAO Miller, do we have any notices of motion? Uh, none, none, Your Worship. Okay, comments from the public? No, doesn't seem so. Key communication items to be determined at the meeting. So, uh, councillors? Well, we're gonna have a meeting with ministers, but maybe, I don't know if that's, after. Yeah, maybe we'll wait for after. Um, other than that, uh, we're moving along on our joint planning agreement with uh, the school divisions. Uh, our presentation from um, Mrs. Samata on the Resource Center for Suicide Prevention. Uh, our um, in-kind contribution to the air show. And maybe that's it for now. Okay. Looks like that's it for now. Um, now on to what's next here's my agenda. Uh, okay. Uh, let's take a uh, five minute, ten minute, what do you want? Break. Uh, sorry, an hour is up to lunch. No. <laughs> Okay, 10 minute break. So at uh, 6.05, we're back here in session. Thank you. Oh.
Hi gang. Okay, would someone like to move us into closed session? Councilor, Deputy Mayor Ford moves us into closed at um, 